I am going out into the middle of nowhere to turn five acres of desert into a permaculture oasis. Please join me on my journey. This afternoon, I got inspired and I started working on my studio shed a little more. And it was really neat for several reasons, uh, perhaps unconventional reasons somewhat, I don't know. But, um, you know, I grew up in a very poor um, home and, um, you know, single father, like just living below the poverty level. And I was always embarrassed about how junky everything was and, you know, how little we had and all that growing up and what was neat was like I was just kind of well there's two neat things kind of all in one the first thing led to the second thing the first thing was that I was just sort of using what I have and just just doing what made sense to me you know so um and I had put like a little bit of thought into it kind of when I'm not working on it but you know, it's like, look at it and I'm like, well, this needs to be braced. So maybe I'll add a two by four here. Oh, you know, maybe I'll use these two by fours that I have sitting over here. Oh, I'll saw this off so it'll fit in there. Oh, I'll grab these weird nails I got for helping that guy move. And they would be, they would be perfect because they're really long and yada, yada. Just kind of like just doing it, just like dragging stuff over and just putting it up. And that was really empowering. And then it led to the second thing, which ties to like my, you know, childhood shame or whatever, being poor. Um, and that is like knowing that it's looks totally junky right now. So some judgy neighbor, you know, who drives by and it's like, oh, look, she's doing, you know, uh, whatever, <laughs> but it didn't matter. It, it doesn't matter because it, that junkiness is like this empowering stepping stone to getting material up and moving that thing forward because ultimately it's going to be really beautifully plastered. It's going to be, you know, mud, um, mudded over. And that's why the the screen material I rolled on and I got that material for free for helping someone move, which is an excellent score. And, um, man, a little goes a long way. I was able to cover, um, two lower walls with it. And then the upper walls, I'm not sure what they're going to be yet. I think they're going to be wood with the windows, um, which I have to figure out insulation for that. But I started stuffing insulation down into the pallets, um, because I mean, why not? It's just sitting out there and not being used. And it's like, I'm always going to have more coming. So it was just a really neat experience to just go out there and actually just kind of feel inspired to go do some work and then go do it. And I think part of the reason why I was able to do it instead of just putting it off one, I think I have a little more energy in my system because I'm doing a major detox. And then, um, two, I kind of, like today was not a concerted work day. Like I wasn't trying to like, you know, do like business stuff. I was just, just kind of doing, a, it, I don't know, just like a little more leisure, even though it was still like on a computer, but that is fun for me. You know, going to a cafe and sitting and working is fun for me. And I get a little bored, you know, if I'm not doing something kind of productive or whatever. And, and, you know, I can watch movies and all that too, but so it was a little more like, wasting time kind of today and I think that's good for the brain and good for the 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 mind you know because then you kind of have a little downtime where you're not like on and you're not you know this has to be done and I've got this list and then this needs to be like this and then it means I gotta do to make this other thing which you know for me that's a lot of what 
when I'm doing business stuff. It's like, it's like a rabbit hole. You get in there and you're like, this needs to be done. Okay. And I get, you get to a point and you're like, aha, I'm going to have to go build this, <laughs> you know? And so, it's like a choose your own adventure. Like you go down one rivulet um, of the whole storyline, like a big, you know, natural river system with a lot of inlets, a lot of creeks and streams running into the river. And then once you, you, you kind of let go and finish that, that thing, you finish that storyline and you back out. Like I used to cheat reading these choose your own adventure books and mark the page at the fork in the road. And, and I would back out when I had read all the way. And then instead of having to go reread the book, you only got, you only read the book once, but you read the whole book. So, uh, it's kind of like that in a way, um, so anyway, um, I got some work done on the studio shed and, um, I'm, it's like a weird commitment thing cause I'm not sure what's going to happen in March, you know, but, um, I figure why not keep building and working and, um, you know, at least I'm learning and I'm getting experience and I'm feeling empowered and I'm moving towards getting to the point where I don't have to keep renting. Cause I, I've spent about a thousand dollars in the last two years on just a storage unit, you know, so I could be saving $500 a year. Um, just by building this. So it's really worth, you know, the time and effort to get it done. And it's another exciting thing about just using what's on hand. And I've gathered, you know, things as whenever I can, um, salvage mostly, but, um, it's like, you know, as I, as I fill in with, you know, what I have, and as I run low on what I have, then I can, then I'll know like, okay, well, I'm going to need to go buy, you know, like from the store, you know, something new, like, but I know I need like three two by fours at this length or something rather than like 12 or whatever. So that's, I think, empowering too, um, just to go as far as I can, instead of thinking like, I don't have everything I need, and therefore not starting. So um, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, and uh, I'll just keep you posted on it. But I'm excited that it's like moved forward a little bit further uh, on a weekend when I had some a little bit of bandwidth to devote to it. So, yay. <laughs> oh man, I am a bit wiped. I spent the day working on the studio slash storage shed and FedEx came and got stuck in front of my uh, driveway entrance for like 45 minutes, I was helping him. Um, the guy I was doing some B&B cleaning work for called, or he texted to fire me. Um, and got super nasty and was launching all these weird threats and intimidation. Just the same kind of shit. I don't know what's wrong with people, dude. Um, emotionally immature narcissist. And uh, I wouldn't cave to his demands that I drive over immediately with his two propane tanks that I'd filled for him. And so, because he was treating me so badly, I just said, you know what? I'm busy today. I'll leave them out on the road for you to come get. And um, he was like, I'm going to post on social media, all over social media, how, what kind of person you are. And I'm like, um, you mean the kind of person who does a good job for you and is honest and does everything you've asked? And um, is that what you mean? Like, <laughs> so it ha happened today. Um, there was this woman who... I don't, I've never met in person, but she follows me and she was offering, I, I, all I did was I just was like, oh, what a fun morning dealing with another narcissist or whatever. <laughs> I didn't say who it was or anything like that. It was just a short little post of, wow, you know, crying, laughing kind of emoji. 
and um, she was like, you know, oh, you know, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm okay. And this guy was just, you know, another nut job. He seems to think that it's okay to treat women that way. And um, she was like, oh yeah, I've dealt with people like that. And I just, I, I know which bin to put them in. And I'm like, oh, do tell, you know, I could always, use, I'm always open to hearing anybody else's suggestions for how to deal with people like that. And she was just like, you know, just make them irrelevant. And um, I thought that was really cool. I think that's a great kind of way of putting it, you know? Because, like, yeah, just people like that are just, I don't know, they're just off the rocker. They're doing their own crazy thing, and it has nothing to do with pretty much nothing you say matters. They're just all, like, they want to get into some kind of fight. And I think he was hoping that he would trigger me enough to where I would, like, you know, I don't know, do whatever he wanted me to do, which is the same kind of thing my ex-boyfriend, the abusive one, used to do. So... And I talked to, a, like, a crisis center advocate about that. And she was just like, yeah. I talked to my attorney, too. My, actually, an attorney about it. And uh, and the attorney had said that that's, he was just um, basically just trying to manipulate me into giving him what he wanted. And uh, that's the same kind of thing this guy was doing. So it's like... <laughs> I kind of think that I keep recur having a recur recurring experience with people like this so that I will learn how to make them irrelevant. Right? So that I will learn how to not let it bother me. I caught myself stewing about it a little bit while I was working. So I put on a recording, tried to listen to something positive. Um, but yeah, I don't feel upset. Um, I'm just annoyed because he's just like kind of crazy and it didn't, you know, it was unnecessary at all. I mean, if he didn't want me to work for him anymore, he could have just said that. He tried to accuse me of, he's like, you need to bring over all the sheets and towels and everything. And I'm like, I don't have any of your laundry. And he's like, well, then bring the probe. It's like, he didn't even know what he was talking about. So... Anyway, whatever. There's always going to be people like that in the, in the world. But on a really positive note, I got a lot done today. I got the I got pallets put up around the rest of the four walls, um, as far as the low part of the wall where I'm doing with pallets. I got them insulated, and I'm I'm not stuffing the pallet cavities with insulation. I'm just putting like you know like one of the pieces of insulation in each one and i figured that'll probably be good enough it'll be better than nothing for sure and then once i get everything all covered it's going to be pretty good i think it'll be definitely better than nothing but i also got the bright idea because <laughs> i have all this cardboard uh that i've been saving i was thinking well why not attach the cardboard like staple the cardboard on the outside of the pallets and of course then i'm still going to do the mesh and i'll do the stucco or mortar or whatever it is i'm going to do and but that way it's an added level, it's an added layer of insulation. And it kind of, it smooths it out, um, puts a more solid surface for the um, adhesion of the mortar. Like, cause in the, in the, if without it, it's just these gaps, uh, you know, between the pallet boards with just the mesh, the mesh roll that I have. And a lot of the mortar might go through the mesh. So I was thinking that the cardboard is really a great way to kind of use that material up, get it out of the pile of cardboard. <laughs> and just make use of it because I think it will add a layer of insulation, you know? So it's kind of exciting and empowering to be using old stuff, you know? And it's really fun living in a an extremely rare place where you there's no building codes. So I can literally just be like, well, I'm gonna add this and we'll see if it, it's not quite square, but who cares? It's a, it's a shed. <laughs> um, but that's pretty fun. Uh, pretty exciting to do. So 
I did get um, the extension, the post extensions up. I just took scraps. I had to cut a few of them a little bit, but the other two were just basically the same length. And those were all just salvaged um, free shit. But yeah, so I got um, I got those on, and that would mean that will mean that I'm going to need to cut. You know, the the I'm probably gonna have to buy some plywood to finish the job, which is fine. Um, and I'm probably gonna have to, I will have to cut it to fit because it's gonna be a shed style roof because it's a shed, <laughs> but it'll be, that means it's like one slant. I'm not a fan of the double slant, like the pitched roof. I've never liked that. I really like the shed roof. It's just really cool looking to me. It's very modern, very simple. It's much more my style, so, and it seems easier to build anyway, but you know, cause having that seam in the middle where you have to like make sure that it's not leaking, so, um, but anyway, it's going to have a, quite a good pitch on it and it'll mean that I'll have some ceiling height in there and then I, that I can hang stuff because I want to build hanging stuff. So I'll be able to if suspend hanging stuff from the ceiling with that ceiling height and have some room to really work on some stuff. So that's going to be really good. And then also it just means that I won't hit my head while being in there because <laughs> the way that the posts that I built out of two by fours um, were the height that they they were at was just you know just like a few inches above my head, and um, so I needed to extend them for sure to give me a little headroom. And I would say I don't have a foot now over my head. Maybe, maybe I have a foot over my head on the low end, and on the high end it's going to be a good few feet. So I think it'll feel good in there as long as I can move around, you know, and have enough space to work. It's not a huge space. It's going to be fairly modest. Man, there is something in my shoe. A little piece of bracken. Must remove it. There we go. Oh, there's more pieces. Dang it. Not just one piece. It's like the princess and the pea over here. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Doggo is always ready to just charge forward. She has no, she does not know how to read the room at all. <laughs> She's like, what are we going, are we going now? What about now? 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 <laughs> and she doesn't check and see that like, um, I'm actually doing something right now. I can't leave immediately. Um, she did something funny last night that if you're a dog owner, you may already know this, but I didn't know this. I'd never seen her do this before. She went to my friend's husband because we watched football all day yesterday. And my team is going to the Super Bowl, the 49ers, who I haven't gotten to watch play in like two, three decades or something like that. But I'm super excited. They're going to the Super Bowl. They played such a great game. It was like, at first, Detroit, who is the underdog and who I normally would root for, because I'm all about the underdog, but I can't, you know, I can't like betray my own team. That's just, it's the one, you know, exception. Um, but they had, they scored two touchdowns really early in the first quarter and it was just not looking good. It was like, oh no, what's wrong with San Francisco? They're just not really playing with it. You know, then the halftime and I'm like, okay, maybe they'll go have a talk in the locker room and they'll get their shit together. And they did, they totally did. They came and they won, came back and won. So it was a great game. And now they're gonna be playing in the Super Bowl, which I'm so excited about. But anyway, we um, watch football all day. And you know, uh, one of their dogs, I have five dogs and one of the dogs is Daisy and she's this little chihuahua. She's kind of overweight, you know, she's a little sausage. And she's the sweetest thing, I love her. When I got there, she like came and laid on me and looked up into my eyes and wagged and exposed her belly and let me rub her belly. It was like so cute. And anyway, she kind of is a little nervous about my dog because my dog's kind of big. And 
you know, I think my dog's alpha, and uh, I think she's kind of a little bit of a herder, and a little bit intimidating for especially small dogs. The other chihuahua just fucking hates her. In fact, the, the other chihuahua finally came into the main room, and after she was, like, outside, running around, and he just, I look over at him, and he starts growling. <laughs> now, granted, he growls at everybody, he barks at everybody, he barks pretty constantly, but it was like, all I had to do was just look at him growling. <laughs> I think it's because she, you know, it, he hates my dog. So, because my dog and him just, oh, he hates everybody. He's like, like terrified, but it was just really weird what my dog did. So this is like later, and oh, this was earlier, um, before he came in, because he just yaps constantly. So they put him away. Um, so the little, so Daisy, she's sitting on her dad's lap, you know, my friend's husband, and she's just totally having a nice time watching football. And then like my dog jumps onto the couch between us says something to Daisy that, of course, humans don't understand. And Daisy gets up and all dejectedly walks over to the other side of Dad and makes her little spot that she's now going to sit in, in total deference. And then my dog, as if that wasn't enough, which I was sitting there actually already exclaiming, I'm like, look what she's doing. Oh my God, how can you do that? She's a bad, bad girl. She goes and she like lays next to her dad and puts her paw on her dad's knee and just like takes over and I was just appalled I was like oh my god can you I was saying to my friend like did you are you watching what she's doing I can't even believe this and my friend showed me something about dogs that I didn't know because I'd never seen my dog do this before she's like oh that's just what dogs do and I'm like wait you mean she's normal this isn't like asshole behavior she's they're like she's like no that's just how dogs are and I'm like but that's so fucking rude like <laughs> she's taking over her her own dad like <laughs> so rude like a guest in someone's house. So it was just funny for me to see that because I was like, I would never do that. Like, oh my God. So apparently dogs are kind of, I don't know what you'd call that. I think it was kind of an asshole move, but you know, maybe it's not asshole-ish. Maybe it's just kind of like dog hierarchy because I had I'd heard that they kind of do that. They sort of sort out some sort of hierarchy, but it was hard for me to watch because that's not how... That's not how I conduct myself as a guest. <laughs> I was just kind of like, wow. Luckily, my friend has five dogs, so she understands dogs really well. But yeah, <laughs> pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. <sighs> we, all, we walked all the way over to the patch and I'm in the little spot that I had found where it would be probably pretty ideal to park the RV if we end up getting this property, which it doesn't look like we will, but you just never know, a miracle could happen. I'm really sad if, about it really not looking too good, but I really had hope there. But you never know. Could be a miracle. But uh, yeah, this would be a great spot. It's really good shelter from the two sides that you need it. The west and the south. Really good. Like, perfect. So, and it's really close to the building site where I could share a water tank and share a power shed. Real easy. So... Yeah, man, it's almost like a sign that I could get it, but I gotta get my hopes up, I guess. It's been a really nice day. It's kind of a great combo of like pretty decent weather. I think it was probably 65 or something like that. Something else get in my shoe. Um, yep. Um, and there was no, there were no flies, which is, you know, like the flies really, I hate flies. I'm a I'm a fly hater, uh, and um, I really just, they just drive me nuts. I think they're fucking assholes, 
their behavior is rude. Like you, you swat them away, you're like, get away from me. And they come back and they keep coming back and you're like, I told you to leave me alone. And they won't. That's, that's an asshole. That's harassment, <laughs> harassment. But, uh, so I don't like them. And it's a nice time of year that they're gone. They're in there, some dark hole of hell where they crawl into in the winter, you know, and fester until they come out again in the spring or whatever. But so it was a really nice day. And it even became shorts weather at a certain point where I'm peeling off layers, you know, getting work done and getting a little warm out there. So that was really pleasant. This place is so beautiful. It's all dead right now because it's winter. Not all of it. There's actually green ground cover. But all the grass is dry and brown and or like a bleached um, tan kind of a gray actually. And then there's deep yellow rust dried perennial plant patches. And the mesquites are all like, they look like Halloween trees, all kind of spooky and dark and, you know, they have no leaves. They've lost all their leaves. And, uh, but it's just, it's beautiful. It's like got neat views, big trees everywhere, lots of trees, lots of plant cover just everywhere. And, um, gosh, I really want this place. Ah, man, if I only were if only I weren't poor. Um, I need to find an investor. <laughs> See if I can get a loan, but I doubt I can. Um, but yeah, anyway. We'll miss the walks over here, too. If, um, I don't, you know, if the contract doesn't, uh, what do they call that, where you close on the deal? Um, and then we probably will lose our rights to walk over here, our invitation to walk over here. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to let you know that we got, that I got a lot done. And it's really cool because I built this archway, this entry arch, which I've always wanted to build. And then I started building the fence that's attached to it. I'm going to do a low wall. I'm going to do like a stucco adobe kind of a look, you know. Um, and then I'll have a lattice panel extending off the top of that to give me a height of about six feet, which I think the dog won't be able to jump over. So I could potentially take her off her zip line and allow her to run around the compound, which is a pretty decent sized space. And she could just get plenty of exercise that way without me having to, you know, walk her or be like worried if I can't, you know, take her on a walk or whatever. Um, and the only issue is figuring out how to deal with the cat because she chases the cat. The cat can hold his own with the dog for the most part, but still the cat doesn't appreciate the dog hounding, <laughs> pardon the pun, hounding the cat. So it's kind of a problem and it has become a source of tension between me and the dog because then I get really pissed off sometimes and I yell at the dog and I've hit the dog a few times, which just really is like aggressively chasing the cat and growling, you know, like, like going to eat the cat. And uh, it's, I don't know how to, like, it just kind of happens, you know, I don't plan it out. I just get really upset. And it's made the dog a little bit aggressive at times towards me while it's happening. She's a sweetheart normally, you know. But so it's concerning to me and I want to try to figure out a way to protect the cat and, you know, figure out how to deal with the dog so that there's not this aggression issue that I'm creating with her. You know, it's not in her nature nature to be aggressive with me, I don't think. The only two times she's ever been aggressive with me that came from some source outside of me. Come here, you got something in your foot? Come here. 
um, was around food. When, uh, sorry, she got something on her foot. Are you okay? Is that better? Did I get it? Okay. But, uh, yeah, she got weird when, or was it, it was around poop, actually. <laughs> Once it was around food, and the other time it was, she was eating poop, which I told you about. Um, but she's generally a really sweet dog, and I, she's never shown aggression towards a human, ever. She's just, like, super friendly. Very good-natured dog, so it's concerning. I don't want to put that into her. So I haven't figured out a solution yet, but hopefully I will. Um, but, uh, yeah, so now I have, like, part of the fence, part of the wall done. And I just decided the other day, this is, like, a strategy that it really worked well for me. Because I've talked to you before about procrastination, for sure. It's definitely been an issue <laughs> for me. It's overwhelming, the amount of things that I need to do. And it's just, like, look at it and just go, oh, God, you know, I don't want to do any of it. Um... But what really worked for me was I was like, you know, the other day when I started working on this, like, why don't I just kind of like, I'm going to make it a sketch. You know, I've made many sketches, but I'll just like make a new fresh sketch and I'll just focus on, you know, the perimeter wall. Like, where the heck is it going? Where am I putting gates? You know, what am I doing? And what worked was I started like clearing out the space and using my shovel, like digging out space to help me see what I, you know, like to, to make space, for, like, so for instance, before I put in the arch entry, the entry arch, whatever, I dug out the pathway a little f more around that spot where I was thinking that the entry arch was going to go so that I could really see like, okay, this is enough space to walk in. This is comfortable. And it's really weird what looking at the, the space when it's just all jumbled or it's not been cleared out. It's amazing how hard it can be to visualize your dream, you know, your vision, to really to really feel connected to that vision. So just clearing out that space for where it was going to go really helped motivate me. It was like, okay, I felt like I had actually done something too. I was like, oh, then further along, I'm closer to doing it. You know, and I also figured out where I'm probably going to have three gates I don't think I want to have four, but I probably will end up having four gates <laughs> just based on what I, you know, the movement, the natural movement that I generally um, follow around the space. Four gates is kind of a lot, but it's just realistically, that's probably what I'm going to need. So I'm going to get to do, I'm excited, I'm going to get to do a little footbridge over the, um, really, I'm, it's a, an ephemeral stream, really. Um, and so I'm going to do a footbridge over that because that's part of the, the block, the frustration of getting over that direction, over to the B&Bs, over the, the water course, the gully. It's just, you know, it's like, well, I could just go anywhere. I guess I'll just walk. And I keep walking over the berms, which isn't good for them because it erodes them. So I want to have one designated route over there. And I think putting a footbridge and a gate that I can only go that direction will be the way to do that. It's like, nope, this is distinguished, this is the spot, and then I'll kind of like work on building the path, like actually creating a path, you know, and making it easier to get through, like trimming brush that hits me as I'm trying to walk past, and you know, probably won't uproot anything, but do some pruning, you know, and just make it more of a path, make it easier and simpler and, you know, more focused. Um, I'm just reminded I was walking past the neighbor 
who I've never talked to really. I mean, this one time my dog went over to their house and they responded with like kind of, it was weird how they responded. Like it wasn't friendly. And I was like, wow, already there are people. It's like the just one time, you know, it's like, you know, just kind of rude. And my ex-boyfriend, uh, my ex-ex-boyfriend, <laughs> um, had told me when I first moved here they had been talking shit about me behind my back. And I was like, well, that's weird. I've never even met them. Like, okay, that's shitty. Shows me what kind of people they are. But I saw it again today, and it's kind of noteworthy or remarkable because the FedEx truck is stuck in the road, spinning his wheels. He's obviously stuck. I'm trying to help him by getting on the phone because he can't use his phone to help try to call his boss or call the people who do the roads out here to see if they can help him. And the neighbor drives up home from work and she just parks like 150, 200 feet away and waits for a while. And then it dawns on her that he's actually stuck. We're not just, you know, dawdling. And she backs up and drives away. She doesn't come over and ask if she can help. She just backs away and backs up and drives away and goes around so she can go to her house. It's like, that's the kind of people that live next to me. <laughs> like, wow, okay, cool. But yeah, it's kind of weird. Whatever, people suck. So <laughs> my road is a mess where he got stuck. It's huge, ginormous gouges. Oh boy, I should probably send some photos to the road crew for them to come and help with that because that's really bad. I'm sure that's going to be difficult for everybody to get past. So anyway, that's the news for the day, I guess. <laughs> Walking over to the patch in the morning before a client presentation to get the dog the exercise that the dog needs. Never mind me. <laughs> oh man, my road is still totally garbage from the FedEx guy getting stuck yesterday. Um, it's weird, I felt the consciousness of my neighbor uh, after a while after she'd been home. Um, the one who, like, parked a hundred feet away when he was stuck and didn't offer to help at all just like backed up and drove around so she could get home um this area is people say that i've heard multiple people say oh it's so great like the neighbors will help you if you're stopped on the side of the road they'll totally pull over and ask if you need help and it's like really huh that's interesting because that's not what i've observed <laughs> sometimes people do that but um Sometimes people don't do not. But uh, yeah, I could feel her consciousness. And I think it was because I had posted on Facebook um, to help the FedEx driver because he couldn't use his phone. And so I called for him and I posted to Facebook for him. And uh, part of it, too, is that people weren't going to get their FedEx deliveries, you know, unless he got free. So I posted seeing if anybody could come help him get out. And then when he did finally get out, um, through sheer will, <laughs> um, I posted an update. And a lot of people liked it and appreciated the post, obviously, right? Because it's helpful for them to know. And also I was trying to help. And um, so I, like, I felt that lady, the neighbor lady, I felt her mind probably realize that she had been wrong about me, whatever assumption she had made that maybe like, 
it was just, oh, that girl from California, now she's blocking the road with the FedEx guy. That's, you know, like that's the kind of thing she would say because they just hate uh, without even knowing. So I don't know, but it was just interesting. It's like psychic experience. Um, and as I understand, well, I'd get, I wouldn't say I understand it. I would say it's a guess. So I wish I could hear other people's views on this. Um, but I don't really, I have like one person that I, that has psychic or has like, she doesn't have psychic experiences, but she's really into like that kind of stuff that I could talk to about it. But I don't know if she would have any experience to compare, you know, for a discussion. But uh, I'm I'm curious to see if if that's normal. Like if you know everybody has that. You know, do we all feel each other's consciousness? You know, when someone's thinking about you, do you feel that? Can you feel their mind? Um, it's very uh, it's very clear and distinct for me, and um, it's very accurate. And I've, you know, a long time ago, I used to think, oh, this is just in my head. It's just me thinking about the person. And I'm, you know, whatever, I'm feeling their consciousness because I'm thinking about them. And then it was disproven completely as being that when one day I felt a really strong impulse of someone's consciousness. And then directly after that, I got a text from them. And I was like, oh, this is psychic. <laughs> uh, the other day I heard the word telepathic. And I think that, yeah, to some degree, there's a little bit of telepathy that I've experienced for sure, uh, multiple times. It's not like something that I know how to wield, you know, intentionally or whatever. I'm just kind of naturally gifted with it. And, uh, or it's somewhat developed in me or however you want to put that. I don't, again, I don't really know how common it is. Um, I tend to think that it's probably the ca that everybody's capable of it to some degree. And perhaps some people are more naturally gifted at it than others, but that probably most people could learn it, if not everybody, uh, to develop it. Um, but that the majority of the population has been so dumbed down by propaganda, hypnotic repetition, and also poisoned to the point where their functionality isn't at its uh, where it should be in terms of gifts we're naturally endowed with, perceptive gifts, communication, communicative gifts, um, that kind of thing, sensory organ. I call it the organs, the sensory organ, basically the body, the mind, the body, body, mind, spirit, or whatever you want to call it is like a high, finely tuned antenna array or like a sense, sensing organ, uh, an organ of perception. Uh, Abraham Hicks talks about it in a way that I really think is I really resonate with, um, the, it echoes this conversation I had many years ago around a campfire with a woman, she was an acquaintance of mine, and we kind of got down to, to uh, brass tacks about this question we both had, and we were like, well, how does information get from a telephone pole to, like, from the telephone line into a phone and become words? Like, how does that actually work, you know, like, or, or like computer images, you know, how does, what, like, <laughs> what, is, what are we doing here? What is, what are we seeing here? What is this? How does this work? And so we kind of talked and talked about it um, over the campfire at a big party one time. And um, we got to the end result of, well, it's never 
the images on the screen or the voice. It's always been just electrical signals. And we just interpret it as a voice with words or pictures on a screen. And we were like, haha, we've solved the problem. We felt all proud of ourselves. <laughs> well, it turns out that's actually kind of how it is, <laughs> I think, you know? And it's not like people who say, like, oh, simulation theory, you know, like we're all just in a simulation. It's like, okay. That really turns me off because the way that they're saying it, it kind of makes it sound like they're saying we're all in a computer program, which I mean, come on, that's bullshit. No. Um, but if you look at it like, according to like physics, then it's an organic, it's, but it's not a simulation. It's, it's real. It's physically real. We are really here on a planet. These plants I'm walking past are really growing in the ground. I'm really breathing the oxygen. That over there really is a mountain. This is a dog. But the way that it appears is created by the conscious focus and even the unconscious focus. Um, the attention of the observer, that's just quantum mechanics. So in that sense, yeah, it's an illusion because the, everything really is, it's like kind of like the matrix, I guess, in a way where they, they spun it negatively, but it doesn't have to be negative, negative at all. And it's not definitely not controlled by overlords. It's only controlled by overlords <laughs> as much as we let it be, <laughs> you know? So the... You really do, and that's, I think, the biggest thing about are we going to win the war uh, for the souls of humanity or the, you know, the planet and all that. It's really about do we allow them to control our focus with fear-mongering and propaganda, or do we take back our power, that which they do not have, and that which they must steal from us, and try to manipulate and control. So, you know, if you look at negative imagery and storylines in movies and series, I mean, good grief, it's like almost all evil. Last night I tried to watch something, I tried to find something to watch, and I, was, I, I managed to um, see a woman get raped, uh, another woman um, be disparaged and talked down to, and then some other bullshit. And I was just like, wow, I couldn't find anything to watch. So I gave up and went to bed. But I realized that I'd been exposed to in that short amount of time, probably I've spent 20 minutes looking for something to watch and watched, tried to, you know, watched a few bits of things. Uh, but I was exposed to like pretty severe violence. And um, what's the word for when you talk down to someone like disparagement, like, like verbal abuse? Um, of women in just like 20 minutes, you know, and it's very easy to find that kind of content. It's everywhere. It's majority, I would say. It's hard to find a positive, uplifting show or movie. Unless you're subscribed to the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> uh, there's a really big bird. Oh, I think that's a hawk. It's in the very distant tree. Well, not very distant, but it's far enough away where I can't really see detail. But the way that it's turning its head, it looks like a hawk, not a crow. Um, we walked over to the patch again, of course. If you can hear the grass crunching. I don't know if you can hear that. 
<laughs> Here, let me put it down by the grass crunching. That's what we're talking about. It's like fully covered in grass. But yeah, so I hope humanity, enough of us can sort of disengage from the negative shit show that they're pushing down our throats every day and every night and like take back our own focus and say, well, we're going to focus on what we would like to see instead of what you're trying to make us see and what you're forcing us to look at. I think that's the way we win, ultimately. But uh, I think it's so hard not to focus on the negativity because it's so appalling, and that's the shock value. I think they give us a lot of stuff that we're just, like, really shocked by and traumatized by. I mean, 9-11 did several things, Patriot Act being the main one, but... And it's, you know, they call it the Patriot Act, but it's nothing but... Um, or it's anything but. Um, but it did some other things, too. It, like, traumatized the nation and made us more susceptible to fear campaign campaigning. Um, you know, so it's all very, pro it's all very sort of programmed. And I, I mean, I think the average person still doesn't really realize this. Like, I, w I posted something online the other day about how the total deaths by all causes in the United States in 2020 were basically the same as they were in 2019. Like it was about a thousand people different. And these are, these are just data, hard data numbers you can get online from the official people who count those things, record them and post them. Um, it was a little, a little hard to find. I had to dig because, you know, they're trying to hide that shit, but it's there. And it's literally, a, I think it was around a thousand people different. So 1,000, about 1,000 more people died in 2020 than in 2019. And in, I think 2018 was the year where there was a large number of deaths above uh, 2017 and 2016. Um, and then in 2021, was that the year, was that when they brought out the, the, the jab, the injection, the bioweapon, they're calling it? Uh, I was watching some video yesterday, even more video, um, being found by doctors and scientists looking at microscopy and finding more of these um, nano particles, nanobots, or self-assembling metallic. Uh, it's pretty interesting, pretty scary. Inso that were injected into people. Uh, and then they're like filling their veins with these ribbons of material and killing them, causing heart disease and stuff, heart, heart attack. So it's a, it's a death jab. Um, and it's not an accident, of course. But, like, you know, they've worked it so that Big Pharma won't, you know, they can't be sued for killing people with their quote on They're calling it, a, and it's weird because they have this, like, it's the protections under vaccines. But it wasn't a vaccine. It doesn't meet the definition. It didn't meet the definition of a vaccine. Anyway, I was posting, I just said, it's like in a comment or something, it said, you know, I said that about the, the total deaths. And this guy had never heard that, right? I mean, this is where we're at. We're still at a place where people haven't heard this before because they just weren't exposed to the truth. They weren't exposed to the information. And he's like, you know, ah, prove it. Prove what you're saying. And I'm like, well, okay, I don't have the... I did a little meme where I had all the numbers put right next to each other with a heading so you could really clearly see what I was talking about. And it's somewhere. I don't have it on my phone. 
when I dump my, my photos off my phone, my images, you know, I, what I should do is have a folder of images that I always put back on my phone to be able to share that kind of information that should be perennially shared. So maybe I'll just do that. But yeah, I just told him, I'm like, well, you can go look it up yourself. Those are the numbers. It's just the data. You know, it's not this big secret, really. I mean, if you want to go find out, you can. You, you're just believing what the mainstream media told you. And uh, <laughs> I remember this one guy, I think I've told you this before, but it's relevant. This one old man in Altadena, I'd been walking up my road. I lived on Christmas tree lane in Altadena. And uh, he, I was walking up, he was walking down. He was walking on the same side of the street as me. I was on the right side of the street, walking up. Uh, and he stopped me and he was like, if you, and he wasn't wearing a mask, neither was I. And he literally yelled at me. He's like, if you would wear a mask, we wouldn't have to do this. And I was just looking at him like, is he crazy? Which of course he was, obviously just mentally ill because it makes, none of what he said made any sense at all. He was basically trying to say that it was okay for him not to wear a mask, but that I should be wearing one. And that because I'm walking on, he's walking on the same side of the street as me, that like I'm supposed to somehow walk on a different side of the street or, or put on a mask. It just, none of it made any sense, you know, like, and he didn't even, it didn't even seem to have the awareness to realize that he wasn't making any sense. Like he was just kind of so illogic. I, it just, it was really fun to watch, actually. I wish I would have got it on film. You know, and then he, he goes and continues on after harassing me and, uh, you know, doing his programmed duty to, to, you know, attack his neighbor for not complying with the agenda. And then he gets, uh, you know, down to the end of this block where he's, you know, he's going to be able to turn soon and he, would, I won't have to, he, he won't have to deal with the repercussions of what he's about to do. And he yells in this booming voice, 500,000 people dead. And I'm like, oh my God, he's an idiot. He just has no idea. And if you look, in fact, not even, yeah, no, that's not at all. No, 500,000 people didn't die from COVID in California or wherever, in the United States, I think at the time was what he was saying. I mean, I've got evidence that shows when the CDC publicly announced and published on their website that they had made a mistake and that only five, first of all, they said it was only 6%, 6% of the deaths that they had said were, were COVID, uh, quote unquote, COVID-19, which is just the flu, as we know. Um, that they, that was actually only 6% that were actually attributable to COVID-19. 6%. Right? And that brought the number down what they, what they were, from what they were saying to far less than the number for the seasonal flu deaths. But, you know, they hid the information. They buried it on their site. You had to really dig to find it. And a lot of really good researchers and patriots found it. And published it and we were able to we were able to track it back using the url and everything to verify it for ourselves yes it was true and then they came out and they said oh it was actually only five percent of what they had reported so again we never had a pandemic there just wasn't a pandemic it was just a big scam big psyop and you know if you know you know and i guess everybody should know because they're using it to, it's just like 9-11, it's just a fear porn campaign to scare us into compliance with an agenda that is evil and tyrannical and takes away freedom. 
I mean, yeah, it just, it just kind of shocks me every time. It's just like when someone does something hostile and they're crazy and they're just acting crazy and you're like, what are you, what? I can't believe you're capable of this kind of behavior. Like, did you not, you know, did you, did you drop out of middle school? Like, you know, what did your, who hurt you? <laughs> and it's like that. But like when people show that they just have no idea, they've never been exposed to the information before that you're showing them. It's like, I'm always shocked, even though I understand why. You know, I understand they haven't been exposed to it. It's not necessarily their fault. They might not even realize that mainstream media is total propaganda, fake news. You know, it's, it, I don't blame them. Unless they get, become assholes at me and then I'm like, yeah, you're an asshole, whatever, I'm blocking you. I don't interact, why would I bother, you know? Better things to do, but if they're like, you, you do get some people that are genuinely just trying to understand. They're like, you know, when they, when they ask you, you know, when they're engaging in conversation, they're not being hostile and toxic, then absolutely, then that's great. Because that means they're open-minded enough, you know, where they're, they're wanting to learn, you know, and they're, they're not just wanting to fight. They want to actually learn. Oh, that guy came and got his propane tanks overnight. So there we go. Good. Maybe can't falsely accuse me of stealing his property. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's, um, well, I think that the, just having this, doing this recording has motivated me to get a little folder on my laptop that's specially for images that should, could, should really be perennially on the phone. Oh, this truck drove over my berm and killed one of my cacti. <sighs> these guys. I gotta make these berms way bigger to be able to protect the berms and the plants. I'm sorry, buddy. Well, it looks like there still might be a little bit of a root there, but he ripped down the entire upper part of the plant, like a foot and a half of height of growth. <sighs> Man. Bummer. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna get my get my information to where it's really easy to show people even now because I mean as much as I have had this history of you know of knowing and being aware and all that I, there's a lot of people that I, I can I'm seeing that still just they just have no idea and some of them are open to learning and so casual conversation um, and sharing can be potentially impactful anyway Well, gee, imagine that. I spent about an hour watering yesterday and filling the drip stakes and filling some of the clay pots. And I was going to do the rest of the clay pots today. And I hadn't watered in at least a week, two weeks. And of course, it starts raining today. <laughs> it's almost like clockwork. Whenever I water, it rains. <laughs> Which makes sense, right? Because it's like a like attracts like. But... It's a pretty decent continual rain. It started around 4 p.m. We took a hike today and I was looking at the sky and I was kind of thinking, oh, I wonder if we're going to rain. And I didn't think we would because the forecast didn't say. But here we go with some rain. And um, I'm just loving it. It's awesome. Very, very awesome. I was telling my dog who was whining right before it started raining because she always knows 
um, and my cat who could care less really, as long as he's warm and cozy that I'm, I turn, I'm turning Texas into or I'm into Oregon. <laughs> I really don't want it to turn into Oregon because Oregon's always gray and rainy, but uh, it certainly did bring the rain. It would seem <laughs> either that or my rain machine really worked. Um, my half-assed rain machine, but, uh, either way we're getting rain. So, and it was right after I watered. So I just wanted to make a note of that because it's interesting. I walked over to the patch this morning, um, pretty much as soon as I got up. The dog did not get a walk yesterday. It was just windy all day long. And I had a contractor here installing the new battery in my power shed and the new pump for my water system. And um, I spent um, several hours just going through all my entire recycling area and um, donations that I have been collecting uh, to give to the to the local uh, charity thrift store and um, got it all organized and bagged up and oh, just so much nicer over there. And, you know, um, I saved a lot of the bottles that I think what I'm going to do is just do little pinpricks of holes in the bottoms and uh, maybe cut the tops off uh, potentially or, or partially that I, so that they'll still prevent evaporation, but like I can peel them back and like quickly fill, fill them and just anchor them with some rocks and fill them periodic periodically with water so that they can just do basically like slow drip in certain spots. So it's basically the same technology as the drip stakes, but just like way more low tech and using recycling. Um, so I saved all those and I did also save a bunch of those containers that you would buy berries in uh, or croissants and that kind of thing. And I can perforate those if they're not already perforated for drainage and they're basically natural little greenhouses if you want to start seeds right because they have the little the little lids that snap on and, and they have a lot of air circulation though so they're not going to get too hot if you have them under shade so um, I'm going to be moving my greenhouse over to uh, the west the northwest corner of my uh, compound. It'll be outside the compound walls still, or the, not the compound walls, the, the shade structure. It'll be outside of the shade structure posts. But rather than run uh, east to west uh, in that corner, it's going to be running north to south and it's going to be um, sort of on the west side rather than on the north side. And that will be a better use of the space, I think. And it, I really just need to rebuild the greenhouse to be, I mean, I think I'm gonna use pallets and uh, I'll have that four foot height. And then from that, I'll have the hoop part. I'll probably figure out a way to um, make that a little more secure. Cause it's just, it keeps getting blown into pieces and you know, it's just not a very sturdy structure, but it's useful and it's still, it still has um, a lot of use. And so I wanna repurpose that for sure. I don't wanna just throw that away. But that'll give me a lot of height and it'll provide some privacy from the road as well. But also um, it's going to allow me to have a front porch in case I stay here. That way I'm looking out on the north and I'm not, you know, my view isn't just completely blocked by this greenhouse. That I can actually have a front porch, front yard, and sit and gaze out to the north and sit in the shade. Because this part of the property, this part of the compound rather, is in the shade most of the day, right? So in the summer, it's the ideal spot to have a deck or a porch and at the very least a front yard you know 
And right now I have that basically almost all blocked off by this sort of potting area and this greenhouse. So I'm going to be moving that and to be more in front of the power shed. And it'll also provide some screening and privacy for the power shed, which is always a good idea, I think, just to hide what you have. Um, you know, when the roving masses come, try to take your stuff, then you've got like, it's a little harder for them to see what you have. <clears throat> so that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm a little nervous that it's going to really open up this um, exposure to the road um, of this front part that is now kind of screened largely by that greenhouse. It's very visible from the road. The greenhouse is a really good block for most of my compound. It feels very private. So that's going to really open that up. But at the same time, I'm going to be finishing this perimeter wall um, going in front of, you know, all, all along the north side. And so that'll give me that privacy. I'm going to use, I think what I'm going to do is rip lattice lengthwise and have like a two foot, you know, roughly a two foot uh, extension from the four foot, roughly four foot pallets to create a little bit of a fence that the dog isn't going to be likely to jump over. And it'll just add to that little layer of privacy. And then and when I adobe everything, I think it's going to look really good too. And I've kind of decided I'm not going to have a gate uh, over here on the on the northwest corner here. I think where I park. I'm going to have a path running from where I actually park, where the car actually is, where I get out of the car. Cutting through what it was going to be the orchard. Cutting through that and going directly over to the entry archway. So I think that's going to be the most efficient. It makes the most sense. It's where I walk anyway when I get out of the car, right? And so... That's what I'll do. And I just won't have an access point um, that, you know, and that's just going to be more secure. And there's really no reason to have one. Um, I can discipline myself to walk through the entry gate and walk around to get to it, whatever, you know, like to go check on the eucalyptus. The eucalyptus looks terrible. I do not know why. I Poor baby. Um, I've got water to it. I've got the clay pot. I've, I've even got like a drip steak. And its leaves just look kind of fried. I think it just, it's like when you have an episode of, of a too hot or lack of water, it just, it, you know, just it sets the plant back. And, um, man, I feel bad, but I really like it. And I would really like for it to do well. So I'm continuing to, to try with it, you know. Um, and this is the, this is the one where the, the clay pot is a little too far. I think it's a little too far. It's about six inches away five to six inches. There's multiple stem, multiple trunks actually with this eucalyptus, but um, it's a little too far away from the actual plant, but the drip stake is right on top of it. I put it right next to it to make sure that I'm giving it something that it can use. Um, but so that might be one of the reasons too. I would really like to do more eucalyptus because I like the plant and they do grow out here, but this one just isn't doing great. So but yeah, and I think the little, I'm going to go check and actually look because the little um, acacia, oh yeah, it's still got a green stem. Its leaves look uh, like a copper color and they died, but it is, you know, fall, winter. So that kind of makes sense. And then it looks like the drip stake is working great. And then the clay pot is empty, but it's real moist. So looks like that's surviving so far. And then my ones that are in pots, I moved them outside of the greenhouse because it was just, there's no sun hitting that. And I think in winter having a little sun, especially for natives that like sun, is important. So I moved them outside of the greenhouse 
I don't think it's really providing any pretend, uh, temperature protection anyway. So, um, to, so where they were sitting on top of my bar, where they get full sun, it's facing the south. And they don't look great. They never have, though, looked great. Um, so I don't know if they're going to make it. Same with the little mesquites that I have in the tall pots. They just, none of them look good. And I think maybe they just don't transplant well. Um, I'm really excited about rebuilding my greenhouse too because I want to create a real sturdy spot. Ultimately, I want to use these rigid panels rather than, you know, like greenhouse fabric so that it, it doesn't get whipped around in the wind. Um, and that way, you know, it's just a really calm, serene, stable spot. And I will have an opening, like an entrance to the greenhouse, I think, on the north side, on that northwest corner there, uh, where it'll be close to, so that as I'm walking around inside the, the walled compound, um, and let's say I walk, you know, from the entry gate, I walk all the way along that, that north wall, because there is a path there, there's a natural path there. And I'll have my potting area, you know, um, where the greenhouse is now. I think having that little opening where I can actually get into the greenhouse would be a good idea. Uh, we'll see how it works out, though. Since I'm building it, I'm not, you know, beholden to, like, the parameters of this, like, Amazon greenhouse thing that I bought. Um, I can kind of make it work how I want. So being able to kind of walk through it and access it. And I, I'm hoping that that will actually help me do better work in the greenhouse too, because I'll actually see the plants more because that was a problem I was experiencing where I was forgetting to go into the greenhouse. Um, and I was, I think a lot of things were suffering and a lot of things died because I just, I wasn't taking care of them with, with enough frequency. And so I definitely want to get, figure out how to work it into my lifestyle more where I see the plants. I'm reminded of it. I'm out there on a daily basis. And that was one of the reasons why I was thinking of having a gate on that corner so that I could come through that coming home and see everything. But thinking about how, if you're, you know, you got a bunch of groceries, you're carrying a bunch of shit, that doesn't work at all really well to walk through a greenhouse. So I would probably just walk around it. So I'm not going to do a gate there, I think. And I don't think I'm going to do a gate over by the southwest corner either. Um, I think that's a security risk. And I don't really need one there. Um, so... You know, if I ever do figure out this um, swimming pond, I'll probably put a gate right in the middle of the wall, which is a much more secure location for that. And that would be how I'd access it. Or I can always just walk around, you know, I don't know yet. I'm a long ways from that because I really have to get um, the, sh the pump that I bought. It's like a, I made a point to ask the contractor who was here yesterday if he knew a better transfer pump solution um, than I had heard of. And he uh, told me about this one you can operate with a drill. <laughs> so I looked into that and found one for 12 bucks. And I'll, I don't know if it's going to work, but I'll check it out. And um, so, because I need to get those barrels, they're 55 gallon barrels filled with really janky water on that are sitting on my trailer. And I want to get those drained. I want to pump the water out into other barrels just to use for irrigation. And then um, I'll get those barrels off the trailer and I'll be able to fix the trailer wheel that's flat, the tire. And then I'll be able to use my trailer again because I need to go get more pallets. And I'm missing out on pallets that are left in various free spot areas. There's really just one, but I mean, the other day I was down there. And God, there was stacks. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I can't fit those into my car. 
that was one of the good things about the van that I used to use is that you could fit like six pallets at a time in there because I'd taken out all the seats. But in this car that I have now, you can't can't even fit really one. I guess I could lay down the seats and I could probably fit several, but I just, uh, it's, I use all the seats for stuff. So I don't, I don't bother, but I guess I could in a pinch. So shouldn't say I can't, but yeah, so that's kind of what I'm thinking. And, um, today I'm going to work on attempting to get my, the landing page that I built for my property, um, the listing. Hey buddy, what you doing? What you whining about? Just general malaise. Are you general malaise? Poor baby. Oh, you poor baby. Um, but getting that uh, posted to more places, I want to create a lead magnet because there is none right now. And there's no real incentive to click on it other than, ooh, cool. And um, just try to really like, make an effort because I haven't done all the things that I could be doing to promote the sale of my property. Um, and I, I, it's the last month. I have one month left of the contract that I'm under with the the, the patch. And I really want to try to make an effort so that um, even if I don't end up selling this or coming up with the money to get the patch, which is looming, really, um, if I, if it doesn't work out, then I at least can say, I really tried. I did I could, I, I'm not going to look back and say, well, I could have done more. You know, it's my fault. This is a huge opportunity. It's a really amazing opportunity. And I was given these sort of, I would say, serendipitous or whatever opportunities to kind of like come in contact with and potentially buy this, what the fuck am I doing, right? I'm thinking like, I'm just sitting here. Yes, I created a really beautiful landing page. It took me a whole day, but like, you know, I'm not promoting it. So I found a list of like 50 free sites you can post your listing to and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, and there was a lead the other day that I guess I checked back in with him and he said, yeah, he reached out to the agent um, through my landing page, I guess. And, um, the article I posted online on one of the social media sites and he never heard back from her. So I forwarded that to her today. I don't know what the deal is. It might be some kind of glitch with her um, site or whatever, because she has like a realtor site. So I'm trying to follow up with the leads I am getting. There was one I sent her, I think yesterday or the day before as well, for so that she can kind of talk to them and potentially schedule a viewing. And I, it's just been so hard to get the leads to her. And I, you know, I know how people are like, you tell them what you're, they're supposed to do. And they do whatever they want instead, right? <laughs> um, so they'll they'll message me instead of clicking to go talk to the agent. And that's fine. I'm happy to answer their questions, but I try to direct them back to her, you know, so that they can like actually, you know, that sh she's who they need to talk to ultimately. But I, I tell them, I'm, you know, I'm happy to answer questions. So I'm hoping that um, this like really clunky process of getting the leads to her will be streamlined a little better um, and, you know, we can get some showings and, and all that. Cause I don't want to neglect the leads I have, but, uh, so yeah. Um, one of the big problems we're running into, she's mentioned a couple times now is that people who are looking for land out here have no concept of what it takes to live out here. And they just think, Oh yeah, no, I just want to do it from scratch. And they don't realize how hard it is to get water power and shade set up, you know? And like, because I've lived out here for two full years, plus I know what I need to do. And I know, you know, I've thought about it. I've designed what I need. I know where to get the materials. I know what I can build. I know what I might need help with. I mean, you know, so it's these people that are just coming out here like, oh, yeah, buy land. They they just don't have any real world experience or practical 
uh, expectation. And that's, I'm not just saying that that's what she's been finding. Um, you know, I've heard it. I've, it was a whole thing before coming out here as part of my research that I found that a lot of people come out here with like a thousand dollars in a truck filled with kids and they're like, yeah, we're just going to buy land, live off the land. And they have no plan and they fail obviously. So, uh, we're running into people that are thinking, oh yeah, no, it's, I'll just do it myself. I want to start from scratch. And they just have no, um, sense of the value of this already having all those elements in place. Um, they don't realize how hard it's going to be for them to get those set up and how long it's going to take and the shaftiness of the contractors out here and whatnot. I'm confident because I'll be doing it myself, you know, and I, I've learned the hard way that I can do that. You know, I don't need to hire these people for the stuff. Like I can hire someone to help me with the foundation for the house, you know, but I don't need to have them just take over the whole house project for me. Cause I'm not, you know, like, you know, so I can do a lot of it myself. So anyway, that's kind of where we're at with it. And, um, it's been just a little trickle and I feel like the systems aren't set up correctly. So I'm going to just plow through that today. I'm hoping to get that done today. I think I might be able to do it. I need to create a lead magnet. I need to create or modify an existing post into something a little more, I don't know, just make sure it's really, really good. Um, and obviously reword it for the lead magnet get it all on these, all these sites, get it everywhere, get it all up on social media and set up myself a schedule to like post like every day or something like that. Just be fucking annoying until someone finally buys it. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, I really weighed the pros and cons and I really think buying the patch, if I have to give this up, is the right way to go because of soil tilth and the mature trees and the plant cover. I think that is the way to go. That's a survival, that, that's a survivability thing. Um, and it just gets so much water that it's, it's a, just a really, it would just be a good idea. And I don't even think, like, it's funny because I was thinking about like the roving hordes again, you know, uh, <laughs> this area doesn't, it won't have a lot, but it, there's still going to be some. And um, they're going to descend on everybody. But uh, I think these people that have these big windmills for their wells, it's a bad idea because people are going to be like, oh, there's a well. Let's go get them. <laughs> and they're going to, it's going to be a, a beacon of come steal my stuff and murder me. So I'm going to do like a DIY well drilling. But I want to, I'll, I'll be um, definitely you know, I'll be, I want to douse and see if there's even any, any, you know, aquifer that I could drill for. I, I do, I do see that as just, it's just a, it's just a drainage basin. There's no reason to think there's an aquifer under there, but it is possible of course. And it would be something that I should do. Heck, I should douse this property. There are jagged, there's a jagged line of trees that um, it's a diagonal. It actually runs parallel, uh, perpendicular to the, the, the uh, direction of, of flow of the slope of the land, which makes a lot of sense. So there is probably a crevice or a something that, that is collecting some kind of water. Cause that's there, there's actually a, it's a broken line, but it's a, and it's jagged, but it, I can see it, um, of existing trees. So that, that tells me something's going on there, but you know, maybe there's an underground Creek. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, and I was even thinking of maybe even offering services of like dousing and well drilling, because if I learn how to do the DIY well drilling, which doesn't have a big windmill showing, showing itself off, showing its location or your location off to the surrounding, uh, the surrounding area, there's a selling point there. And also I can charge way less than the commercial well drilling, um, which I think is the, the price is the huge barrier to most people. But you know, just offering that as a service, an alternative service, you know, 
I think at some point the reputation destruction of the, you know, millennial left radical, not radical, but left leaning saboteurs and all that, the middle school, junior high clique isn't really relevant, you know, to a certain point at a certain point. Uh, it's like, they're going to do that. And they're in their world of alcoholics that hang out all day, sitting around smoking weed and drinking and talking shit. And then there's the adults who probably have a more of a tendency to think for themselves and, and, uh, be more practical. I don't know. So there's, it. I, I don't want to let the negativity I've experienced and the sabot sabot um, sabotage I've experienced completely derail me from trying stuff. Uh, I think that's a mistake. And they may have one, um, but at, on a certain level, that doesn't mean, I mean, I'm not dead. You know, they haven't totally wiped me out completely. They haven't completely halted me in my tracks, so I might as well keep going, you know, kind of thing. So that's that's an idea, and then I was thinking too, if I ever, um, when, not if, when I get my mini excavator, my dream piece of equipment, then I can offer um, swell building and pond building and all that. Probably not pond, but more check dam. Um, yeah, I probably could do ponds actually with that. Um, but yeah, I can do earthworks with that and for sale, you know, for for a fee and really transform people's properties really easily because I know exactly how to do it and I know exactly what to do and all that. So anyway, these are just featured dreams, but um, it's a really beautiful morning. We had two days of really bad wind and it was just, uh, it wasn't really bad. It was 20 miles an hour. This wasn't really bad, but it was the kind of wind where you just don't want to be outside, you know, just kind of annoying and you have to like have ear protection and stuff. And uh, I was out in it most of the morning yesterday working on the recycling, but um, you know, it's totally gone. And you can hear the wind chimes maybe in the background. There's this very mild little breeze from time to time, but it's just mostly still. Nice sun. It's warm. Um, I do have a hoodie on, but it's it's really nice out. And um, so it's a beautiful day to kind of spend a little time outside getting some morning time in. I like to drink coffee and try to chill out in the mornings. I have to kind of force myself to do it, but I think it's a really good um, self-care routine to have a little time that's unscripted that I don't have to start working right away. And, uh, it's, it's scary to me as being a, a hard, uh, what do you call it? A, uh, workaholic <laughs> to have that time. But I found that it's really makes me work better later and in, in the day and then, you know, just be human. <laughs> and it's really nice. It turns out to hang out and chill before getting going. So I don't know if you have a routine like that in your life, but, um, I haven't quite gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm going to do yoga and meditate and all this shit in the morning. Like, I'm just like, no, not, it's too early. But I do at least take some time to just kind of relax, which is good. So anyway, I hope you're having a good day. And uh, that's it. That's the update. Zombie permaculture is the scariest book you'll ever read. I know that's saying a lot. But it's not only a revelation of what's at the bottom of the rabbit hole it's also true you can't make this stuff up years of research direct paranormal experience have shown that 
not only does humanity need to know what's at the bottom of the rabbit hole, we're going to need the solution presented in zombie permaculture if we're going to survive it. Once it knows that we know, it's going to come harder and faster for us, and we're going to need to be prepared. Zombie permaculture will teach you what's wrong and how to fix it. It scared me so bad to do the research to corroborate my thesis. I stopped writing for a total of about four years, maybe even five. Trust me, this is not hype. The zombie apocalypse is real. Turns out there's a beautiful solution. It's within our reach, and it involves something that I've been doing my whole life. I know this because it's been shown to me through direct spiritual experience, as well as the research I've done. And I can tell you that there is a solution. So after we look at the scary part, I'll show you the amazing, wonderful, exciting part. Humanity has been drugged through the mud for too long. It's time for us to stand up, rise up together, shake off this horrible weight that's been holding us like this down in the mud and step into our evolutionary journey with this earth in this beautiful infinite universe. <laughs>